you are good. Father, I do thank you for that truth today. I pray that as we sing these songs and as we have, have said these things, God, I pray that they not just be words that come out of our mouths, but God, there would be truth that come out of our hearts. We desperately need you and your Holy Spirit right now to move in this place. And God, as we talk about what you, uh, God, you have told us and, and you have spoken through your precious word. And God, I pray that we would listen to you and to your Holy Spirit. God, there may be something in here that, that, that I have no idea that you're going to say to somebody and it may revolutionize their whole life. God, I just pray that God, we would just be obedient to you as, as we listen to you, as we hear from you, God. I pray that we would recognize the power that exists in this word right now. God, I pray, Lord, as we serve today, as we serve other people, God, that we would, we would see the power in that. We recognize the power we have in your kingdom to be used by you, Lord, for your glory and for your honor and the people come to know you as a result. Lord, so right now, pray that, that people would understand more about who you are as a result of your word and you would be glorified in Jesus' name. Today is Operation Christmas Child Shoebox Packing Day here at Simple Church. It was a huge deal to us. Um, we just enjoyed this day. It is a big celebration for us. Um, one uh, thing on me is that I should have done a better job of promoting the fact that we actually need the boxes uh, to actually pack the stuff in. I promote a lot about bringing toys to put in the boxes or Hygiene items to put in the boxes. I did not do a very good job of promoting the fact that we need boxes. So we're trying to rectify that situation right now. So it's going to be good. Um, even if we had to come back Wednesday night and pack a few more boxes, that would be okay too, right? It would be. So um, when I was a kid, I was a spoiled brat. I don't know if anybody else was a spoiled brat, but I happen to be. Um, this is Simple Church. We believe in truth here. And truth is, is I was a spoiled brat. Um, not that we had a lot of stuff, you, you know, I, we didn't. When I was younger, we didn't have a whole lot of stuff, but I typically got what I wanted for Christmas. That was something that, I, I don't know about you, but if I asked for something, I usually got it. Unless it wasn't too outlandish, it, it, my, my, Santa Claus was able to come through for me. He, he came through. Uh, he, he always was able to deliver on what it is I wanted. I put it on my Christmas list. So it was really cool that I had that as a kid. And as we look at today, as we're packing shoeboxes, um, it, it kind of makes me recognize just how blessed and how, how wonderful I really had it as a child. And I, I recognize that. There was uh, one thing that I wanted to point out today, though, that, that I think that I missed as a, a child is that um, I, I spoke about this one time before at a church that was actually, they were on the decline and their church building was about to be taken over by the bank and uh, they were going to have to disband and go find another building and go find another place to meet and all this kind of stuff and I, I expressed to them my heartfelt desire that they should focus on worshiping the giver and not the gift that their church and their building was actually a gift but in that gift they needed to recognize that that came from a great giver that came from the one and true almighty God as we know that, that Christ is the one that adds to the church daily Christ is the one that does the work we just happen to be recipients of that great gift, and we happen to be, you know, tools in God's hand to be participants in building of his kingdom. And that's an awesome thing, but we don't need to forget that that great gift came from an even greater giver. As a kid, one of the things that I used to do was focus so much on the gift. I used to, I, I mean, like, for one, for one, there was an Ewok village that I wanted, okay? So 
I love Star Wars. I was a geek from early on, okay? So, like, even early on, I knew that I was going to work in computers, right? So, like, I love Star Wars. Um, as a matter of fact, the first Star Wars came out the year I was born. I think that God was trying to show me something there. So, anyway, so the, the Return of the Jedi was really big, and it was a really big deal. And the, the, the Ewoks, everybody loves an Ewok, right? Like, you can't eat this can't hate an Ewok. you got to love an Ewok, right? So so the Ewok village was coming out, and, and that was the hot Christmas item of the year, you know? And, and I was terrified that I would not get the Ewok village. Like, and I, I think that there was actually a time that came around where we got some gifts early, and I was like, oh, I'm getting the Ewok village now, you know? We're, yes, I am ready for my Ewok village. And, and then it didn't happen, and I was so just dismayed. I was like heartbroken, you know, the Ewok village had left me abandoned, you know, and, and I was just so ter uh, torn up about that and, and, and just absolutely in shambles over the fact that I didn't have the Ewok Village. And then later on, I actually got the, the Ewok Village when Christmas came around. So uh, it, uh, good news is, you know, that the world is okay. I kidding, got the Ewok Village. I mean, it was complete with, it had the little trees, you know, and it had the little net that would drop down and capture people, and it had the rolling logs that you could knock over the men and, like, it was, I still remember it because it was an awesome gift, you know. And, and I remember how wonderful it was. But I also, I, looking back now, I recognize, man, my parents went through a lot to make sure that I got what it is that I wanted at Christmas time. And I, you know, I, I didn't spend enough time probably thanking them as much as I should have or, or telling them how much I appreciated all the things that we had and, and, and the fact that, you know, if I really wanted something, most of the time I got it, you know. And, and I, I didn't spend a lot of time thanking the giver, but I did spend a whole lot of time focused on the gift, you know? And I think sometimes we do that. We appreciate all the things that we have and we enjoy them and life is good and all that kind of stuff. And, and if there's something that we really want, you know, and, and let me tell you that, that most of us in here, by today's standard and, and, and compared to the rest of the world, we are extremely rich, every single one of us. Um, that, that we are in the top tier of the world of the the amount of money that we make on a daily basis. You understand that, like, most people in this world make less than a dollar a day in their, their wages. And, and like us, as we look at, man, how minimum wage, we got to raise that, and we need this, and we need that. And, I mean, by comparison, by the world standards, we are incredibly, incredibly rich. But so many times, you know, something doesn't come through, or we don't get the house that we wanted, the car that we wanted, or whatever, the job that we wanted, and then we go, oh, man, it's terrible. This is terrible. And in reality, we should spend more time thinking about the gifts that we have and recognizing that it comes from a great giver. And today, we get to be used by God to be able to give gifts to somebody else. Uh, we're going to reach children on the other side of the world through the gifts that we are going to pack today. We have got this amazing opportunity to impact the world by packing shoeboxes. I know that, that, that like some people, we overlook that a lot of times, the, the, the impact of, of a simple gift. But let me tell you that, that we're going to read, I, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to read a couple verses of scripture, but I'm also going to read some shoebox stories to you so that we can get a, a grasp of the impact of these shoeboxes and, and the impact that they have on people. And I want us to see that today. You see, Jesus, he loved children. Uh, there would be times in scripture where Jesus would, would just want the children to be around him, um, that they would come up to him and, and, and his disciples would be like, you parents, you got to get your kids away from Jesus. He has more important things to do. But that's not the perspective that our Savior had. So I just want to read a couple of verses to you from 
First, first of all, in Matthew chapter 18, beginning in verse 1, and then Matthew chapter 19, beginning in verse 40. And I want us to kind of look at this, excuse me, uh, 14 in Matthew chapter 19. Uh, I want us to look at this just a little bit in Matthew chapter 8, 18, beginning in verse 1. It says, about the time Jesus, about that time, his, the disciples came to Jesus and asked him, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. He said, then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as a little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus, he's got these disciples, and they've been following Jesus around, and, 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 and Jesus has given them the power to be able to heal the sick, and, and they're seeing all these wonderful things that Jesus is doing, and, and they're probably thinking pretty big of themselves, right? They're probably thinking, man, I got it going on. I, I'm doing okay. I'm hanging out with Jesus every day. Things are pretty good. And, and they're, they're probably thinking in their mind, and we had this conversation in the past couple weeks, how they want to be the greatest in the kingdom of God. You know, James and John, they want to sit, uh, they want to sit on the right and on the left and, uh, of Jesus and his kingdom, and they're thinking that they're doing pretty good. And what does Jesus do when he starts talking about who's going to be the greatest? He says, give me one of the little kids. He brings a little kid up to him. He says, you want to be greatest in the kingdom of heaven? You be like this one. You be like just like this one. That's how you do it. He says you have to have the humble heart of a child. Now, if you think about what is a child, you know what, what what's the heart of a child like? Number one, it's pretty innocent, right? It, it's wicked. Now, don't get me wrong. It's wicked because I don't care who you are. If you're a three year old, you want all the toys and you don't want anybody else to have them. Okay, and that's just sin nature revealed in us and how you don't have to teach a kid to see it. A kid to sin, they just sin automatically. You don't have to teach a child to lie. They will just lie automatically. That's because our sin nature is one that rebels against God and does nothing but sin. Okay? So let me say that. But, but a child's heart, for the most part, is not thinking about all the crazy things that we think about as adults that are so corrupt and awful and horrible and nasty. Okay? So first of all, you see that the child is, is pretty much innocent, but he still has a sinful heart. Right? Which... I think this speaks to the world today, right? Most people think, well, I'm a pretty good person. I've never committed rape. I've never committed murder. I'm doing pretty good. If you look about, look at me compared to the rest of, uh, of my friends, I don't cuss as much as they do. Therefore, I must be pretty good, you know? I must be doing okay. But the reality is, I don't care how good you think you are, all you do is sin. And no matter how good that kid looks and no matter how innocent that, cow, that child may seem, all that child does every single day of his life is sin. And Jesus says, if you want to really be the greatest in the kingdom of God, then you come as a child. And what is, what's the, the thing about a child? A child is humble in the fact that it, know, that it knows that it really can't provide for itself. It has to rely on its parents, its mom, its dad, to, in order to be able to care for them, take care of them. If they don't, then, then children die. And we know this happens in third world countries all the time, is that children die. Their parents die for whatever reason. Children are left abandoned, orphaned. Uh, you know, we, we know that, uh, that orphan children across this world is a huge need, and that's one that us, us Christians are called to step in and take care of. Jesus, uh, he, he calls us uh, to, to care for the orphans and widows. It's one of the things that we're supposed to do as followers of Christ. Well, children, they can't care for themselves. They have to depend on their parents, and therefore there is a dependency, and they're humble, and they're recognizing the fact that they have a dependence on their parents. And that's the kind of heart that we're supposed to have. You see, we get 
We have so much and we have so many things that we become dependent on ourselves. Am I right? Well, I need to do this and I need to do that and I need to get this job and I need to do that. And, and, and men, we're worse at this than the women, by the way. We're really egotistical. And we're the ones that say, well, I need to provide for my family. Let me tell you something. Who needs to provide for your family is the one true Savior, Jesus Christ. That is the one who needs to provide for your family. You are not providing for your family. The only reason you have a job is because today God decided to let you get up, have breath in your lungs, and walk to that job and say, you know what? Here I am. Use me. So don't think for a second that you have the job that you have because of your good, hard work. You have that job because you are a good steward with what God has given you. He gave you breath in your lungs to begin with. He gave you the talents and the abilities that you had to even do that job. And then you go and you didn't do anything. You were just going and, and working in a job that God had provided for you. So understand the humility that we're supposed to have. We're supposed to have this dependence on Jesus Christ, on our one true God. That's who we're supposed to be dependent on. And, and, and Jesus says, you be like this little child. So I want to read to you a story about uh, Vladimir. Um, he's from the Ukraine, and I want to read you his story real quick. we got a couple pictures I'm going to throw up there, Vladimir. Vladimir. I grew up in the Ukraine in a family of nine children, Nadia. Uh, featured in Chewbox Stories on June 12th as my sister. We survived on rice and potatoes. As the third from the youngest, I wore clothes passed down to me from my older siblings, including <laughs> tennis shoes. We took turns wearing them outside to play. We also shared a toothbrush among us. My mom was very resourceful and made our clothes. She also did the laundry for all nine of us without a washer or dryer. She worked so hard scrubbing with large with a large block of Russian soap that her hands would crack and bleed. Prior to the fall of the Soviet Union in 1991, we were persecuted heavily for our faith in Christ. My father was a pastor of an underground church that met in the woods on various apartments or various apartments in the middle of the night. Aware of this, the government threatened to send him to Chernobyl to work on the nuclear reactor. Even after the fall, the persecution continued. Our culture taught that if you believed in God, you were weak. When I was nine years old, we learned about a special event for low-income families. I've never forgotten riding the bus and the tram to, to the, this occasion. It was a harsh winter, and I didn't have warm clothes. But I didn't feel cold at all, only excited. As I sat outside and looked, looked at the window, it was as though time stopped. When we arrived, we found a lot of welcoming American smiles. They served us snacks, sang songs, and showed us a cartoon sharing the gospel. At the end of this, they opened big boxes that contained our Operation Christmas Child shoebox gifts. I had never received a gift before. As my siblings and I opened our shoebox gifts, I was so excited to look at the brightly colored packages and toys, including a yo-yo. I thought this was so cool because it was bigger than the yo-yos that were popular in the Ukraine. The school supplies inside my shoebox also made me feel so special because my family couldn't afford them. For once, I had something that others in my class did not have. My favorite thing in the box, though, was dental floss. I didn't know what it was, so I licked it, thinking it was candy. Then I learned it was for brushing your teeth, so I rubbed the floss along the outside of my teeth. I thought Americans were interesting people if they brushed their teeth with string. 
but decided that since they have beautiful smiles, it must work for them. I wondered if it was an invention that hadn't come to the Ukraine yet. Once the wax wore off, I used a fancy string to tie sticks together to make toys that would float in the water. Inside my shoebox was also a note and a picture of the couple who lived in Colorado. Years later, it meant a lot to me. Consider it meant a lot to consider how they gave their time and money to bless me. My shoebox gift gave me an example of unconditional love. No strings were attached. Bribery was commonplace in the Ukraine, so a gift was rarely a gift. Something was always expected in return. Most people looked out only for themselves, but the shoeboxes, shoebox gifts gave us hope that people can be loving and generous. Receiving something as a free gift, gift was something new to me and helped me understand better God's free gift of salvation, which can't can't be earned. We can't earn and we can never repay. Four years later, a relative of ours in the United States started lobbying for my family to immigrate to their city in Tennessee. Approvals came through, so in 2000, we sold our apartment in order to finance our, our journey. The local mafia, however, discovered that we had cash on hand. A friend of my sister, Nadia, told her that they were planning to kidnap one of us for ransom. With a charter bus waiting on the street to take us to the airport, a group of friends came to our three-bedroom apartment, fifth-floor apartment, uh, to escort us one by one to, to our transportation. Other friends waited with those who had made it to the bus. This was to ensure that no one was left alone or vulnerable to the mafia schemes. We finally got on the airplane. We were relieved. Today I work with Billy Graham Evangelistic Association in Charlotte as a web designer. I enjoy packing shoeboxes together with my wife and two boys. My favorite thing to do, thing to include is a soccer ball because it is often shared by the entire neighborhood. Playing soccer helps me avoid some of the common traps used in my culture like drug, drugs and alcohol. I pray that the Operation Christmas Child gifts we send will bless each child and help them see God's unconditional love just as my shoebox blessed me. You know, we look at something like dental floss and we think, how could that even be a gift? It's amazing what happens when you uh, put things in the hands of God and you say, God, you do with what I have given wholeheartedly in your name. God, you do what you will with it and you will get glory from it. It is not about what I do. It is about your glory and your kingdom. I'll read another one to you. It's called Kojo and the Yo-Yo. Apparently yo-yos are very popular items to put in shoe boxes. Uh, me right now, I'm kind of wishing I'd have bought more dental floss to put in mine. So. My family of nine shared a one-room playhouse. We had little money or food. My mom worked in the local high school cafeteria and fed us leftover rice and peanut soup. My dad worked in the sugarcane field. They loved us very much. I walked two miles to school every day. During my long walks, I prayed and sang. I didn't have enough money for lunch, so during that period, I climbed a tree and waited in hunger for class to begin again. I am grateful for the challenges and financial difficulties I faced as a child, though, because they made me rely on God. One Friday morning when I was 12 years old, my friends announced that they were not going to school that day, so I went alone. That Afternoon, most of my classmates had already gone home and they 
heard a loud noise. The teacher told us to go outside and see what was happening. We found that children from four to five other schools had come to join us in a program about God. During this special event, I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. The leaders taught us to sing Jesus Loves Me. Normally, when I learn a new song, it doesn't stick, but this one did. Then I started uh, distributing shoeboxes. Going to school that morning, I felt tired, but when I got the box, I felt so strong. I felt something new. I was so excited, I ran home to, my, to show my box to my family. I had never received a gift before, but inside my shoebox, I found a yo-yo, a toy car, and some pencils. Pencils made in the United States. I felt so proud that someone in America loved me. When my friends saw the gifts, they ran all the way to school to try to get one, too, but they were all gone. God used my shoebox to plant a seed in me. I started going to church every Wednesday and Sunday. I just wanted to, to sleep in the church because David said, I was glad when they sang unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Psalm 121, verse 1. I made the Lord my number one priority. I don't have the yo-yo anymore. I don't have the toy cars or pencils either. But I have one thing that has not changed. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. A shoebox gave me all that I need, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. When I grew up, I applied to schools all over the world. Then I learned about Tusculum College in East Tennessee. I hadn't heard of it before, but I applied and was accepted. There, I went to church that packed Operation Christmas child shoebox gifts, and it dawned on me that I had received one of those as a child. That little yo-yo, those pencils, and that toy car brought me here. It reminds me of when David asked, Who am I that you have brought me thus far? I'm now a senior in college and will graduate in December. My plan is to be a pharmacist in order to contribute to God's mission in the world. In Matthew chapter 19, beginning in verse 13, it says, One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents bothering, for bothering him. But Jesus said, Let the little children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. Elena in the princess shoes. My family and I had went had what we needed, but gifts were a luxury we didn't always get. So when I received a shoebox gift, I stood there baffled and confused. It seemed impossible for someone overseas, for someone I didn't even know, to send me a gift for Christmas. Carefully undid the tape and unwrapped it. In the box were ponytail holders, a toothbrush, socks, and candy. What caught my eye were a pair of plastic princess shoes. Those shoes were like nothing I had ever seen. 
They were pink, and I, I love the color pink. I got excited when I put the shoe, those put on those shoes. They were too big, but I still wore them. I tried to wear them as much as I could. I showed them to everyone. As I looked closer through my shoebox, I found a photograph of a little girl the same age as me. She was wearing a tiara that matched the shoes I received. Her gift of me became so personal. I felt like I connected with her. Before I received the shoebox, I was greatly I was really discouraged because of the way I was treated for my faith in Jesus. A lot of my teachers lowered my grades for no other reason than they didn't like me. One time my teacher grabbed my sweater and pushed me against the wall, demanding, Where is your Jesus now? I remember that so vividly. I, at that moment, I couldn't help but to wonder, where is he? Why is he allowing this to happen? It felt like God was distant, very far from me. The shoebox was a representation of his love to a five-year-old girl. I never... I no longer felt like Jesus had abandoned me. The box was an act of kindness that represented hope, comfort, and the fact that God was watching over me. My perception of God changed. He became a personal father to me. After I received the shoebox, the persecution I experienced for my faith in him didn't stop. My reaction to it was different because of the way God had revealed himself to me. No longer did I feel like he wasn't looking down at me from a far away. He was right beside me. To this day, 13 years later, I still remember what it was like to receive a shoebox. In that moment, I felt like God was giving that gift to me. As the years went by, memories of God's love expressed through the shoebox stirred up his passion in me to tell children, especially orphans, the good news of Jesus and to help them feel his love, the same love I felt and still feel. I've been packing shoeboxes ever since my family came to America. For the past three years, I've been volunteering at the Collection Center. Operation Christmas Child Shoeboxes are gifts that keep on giving. They are tangible representations of, of Jesus' love for me and millions of kids around the world. These shoeboxes change lives. I'm just one of many whom God has drawn closer to himself through a shoebox gift. decided to read one more passage in Matthew chapter 25. I just want to read this to you. It's going to be on the screen. It's about the final judgment. It's about the final judgment. People like to talk about the end times. Let's talk about the end times. But when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit upon His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in His presence and He will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, and he will place the sheep on his right hand and the goats at his left. The king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. When these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? Uh, when did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? The king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it for one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it for me. 
We're going to watch a video, and then we're going to have a time of worship, and then we're going to pack shoeboxes, and I'll give you more instructions uh, at the end of uh, our time of worship about packing the shoeboxes. God, I pray that as your word has been spoken, God, the people have heard you. The people have heard your Holy Spirit speak. So God, now today as we get to serve you by serving these children around the world, children we'll never meet. We have no idea who they are, but I believe that these shoeboxes can make a difference for your kingdom. God, they can draw people closer to you, and they can draw people into your kingdom. God, and maybe one day we stand on the other side of glory, and we're, we're there in your presence. And God, we, we're standing there in your presence, and, and you are looking at us and, and saying that when you did this for, for the least of these, you did it for me, that, that God, they will be in the presence of you as well, and they will be there. And maybe we'll get to see them and got to experience the glory of being able to touch them through a simple gift like a shoebox. Lord, I just pray that today you'd be glorified. God, as we watch this video, I pray that it would touch our hearts and touch our lives. And as we worship you, God, I pray that it would be in truth and in spirit. In Jesus' name. rockets uh, were the worst thing that I can remember that war day and night they never stopped they never seemed to take a break my name is Leila Allison I was born and raised in Bosnia a country torn with war poverty disaster and just pure devastation as an 11 year old child I was exposed to so many horrific things so many things that no child should ever see the snipers, the landmines, tanks rolling through the villages. I was afraid for my life. I was uh, just terrified to step my foot out that door. I did not know that whether that might be the last step I ever make. All the borders around Bosnia were closed and no humanitarian aid could come in. And that's when the country hit its bottom. The shelves and the stores were empty. There was no food coming from anywhere. Being hungry is something that you can't put in words. I mean, I've been hungry here, but it's not the hunger, the painful hunger. When I tell people I have kids and they're like, oh really, how old, five and six, sweet age, yes. It's such a pleasure to know that they can be here with me. I can love them, I can put them to bed. I, I know that nobody's gonna come at the door and shoot them or who knows what. I know that they won't go hungry. The only thing that they worry about is what kind of cereal they're gonna have in the morning. And that's exactly how I wanted to be for them. My mom made me go to school. I begged her not to make me go to school because I did not have a decent pair of shoes. I had a old torn sneakers. I had um, these shoes for a very long time. My dad had used some wire and he shut them back together, but cold and wet would still squeeze through the holes that my dad didn't manage to shut. And my toes would hurt to the point where I don't think I had ever experienced any worse pain than that. I went off to school and I was very angry. I, uh, I had made up my mind that perhaps that day I will not come back home. I was sick and tired of being hungry, of being scared, of being poor, of being hurt, of seeing other people getting hurt, other people die. I simply felt like life had no meaning. 
anymore. After uh, about an hour or so walking, I got there and uh, I noticed that all of our classmates were standing outside. I asked them what was going on and uh, the kids said that they're giving these boxes out and if I wanted one, I should go in and get one too. And I thought to myself, what do I need a shoebox? What do I got to put in it? I don't have anything. So I went in and uh, I stepped against the wall and the man spotted me and he said to come over and uh, he handed me this decorated shoebox. It wasn't empty, it actually had something in it. I tore it out, let it open and laying on the bottom were brand new white sneakers. There was shoes. Out of all the things in this world, I got shoes. I realized at that same moment Somebody somewhere cared about. They didn't know me. They didn't know anything about me. They cared to pack those shoeboxes. I went over and I asked the man who gave me a shoebox, who sent this to me, and he told me that Jesus is God. He's God's only son. He came to this world to die for me, to show his love for me. That same instant, I knew. I just had no doubt in my mind that it was someone who knew my mind. It was someone who knew exactly what I wanted that sent me those shoes. And who else could know but Lord himself? That was the day I accepted the Lord, Jesus Christ as the savior of my life. And today, proudly, I can say that it's because of Lord Jesus in that shoe box that I'm a Christian and I go to heaven. Here's I just can't thank him enough for giving me that chance. I can't thank him enough for finding me all the way in Wozniak and showing me his love. He loved me and he showed me that. And then he took me back in the United States and he said, but I love you more. Now you get the pack some. And now my children are the ones that get the packet. It's just like, I thank Lord over and over. Not only did I receive that shoebox as an 11-year-old girl, 15 years later, I'm in the area I grew up and I get to deliver the same shoeboxes. This is just amazing, just to see the kids laughing and opening this to them. Awesome. Thank you for sending my shoebox. Thank you for introducing me to Jesus. Thank you because I'm going to heaven. May God bless you for what you're doing. And please keep continuing to do what you do. You're changing the lives forever. And you're changing them for Jesus Christ.